We're here to realize the true self. The implication of that is that we haven't been living in our authentic self, but in some false, unreal persona. And if we're not living in our real self, then we're not living in the real world either. And if the world is false and the self is false, things are going to happen which are unsustainable because the, the false cannot survive the test of truth. And because so many on this planet are now living in the false self, we have a false world that is collapsing. You can't live in that state of hypocrisy without karma hitting you pretty hard. This week, even the king of Spain was hit with karma. Did you all hear about that? Broke his hip, had to get a replacement, and it, so it came out. He had been on a private hunting trip, killing an elephant in Africa. Not only was it during a time when most Spaniards are in depression, they're out of work, they have no money, and this guy's spending millions of dollars from the till on that, but he's the head of the World Wildlife Fund. <laughs> he's pledged to protect elephants, and he's going out there killing them. And of course, karma would not let him get away with that. But do you see, this is, this is the story of Kali Yuga. This is why there's no more kings in the world. The divine right of kings is out the window because of the lack of real kings. Now there's a movement to get him to step down. He has proved the lack of royalty. So it's not a good week. And the karma of Spain was multiplied by Argentina's uh, nationalizing of uh, the oil company. Not, also not an accident that those two things synchronistically occurred. So everyone's getting lessons in karma nowadays. But we're not here to worry about the political issues of the world and their karma. We're here to work out our own karma to make sure we're not secretly killing elephants when we're pledged to protect them. To make sure if we're sat yogis, we're living up to our vows of leading a yogic life. And living as what Linchi, the great uh, Zen master, great wild Zen master, called the true person, the one true person of no rank. He said every ego is out to try to get to as high a rank as possible try to improve its status in the world. And that's all it was really interested in. And there's one true person who doesn't care about that, who realizes there's no such thing as rank. It's interesting that rank has these two meanings. One is a bad smell, right? And the other is status. It's rank if you're interested in rank. But he said there's only one true person of no rank. Everyone else is interested in rank prestige, status, possessions, power, all of that. But that one true person is the incarnation of God, the Christ. Don't think the Zen masters don't believe in Christ. They do, but they have another word. 
for that being. Lin Chi was a wonderful wild Zen master. I have great respect for him. I think we've studied him a little bit in the past. But uh, he was once visited, his, his monastery was visited by uh, a head monk of another monastery who came in and said, hey, wait a minute, there, nobody's studying sutras here. And he goes to Linji and says, why? You're supposed to be studying the monks. Why aren't they studying sutras? And he said, ah, we don't use sutras for that. We use them for toilet paper. <laughs> the monk goes, the holy scriptures you're using for toilet paper? He says, if it's good for that. Usually it's not even good for that. In an emergency, we'll use it for that. <laughs> and then he said, and I don't see them meditating. Nobody's meditating at this monastery, you know? And he's, no, no, we don't meditate here. <laughs> and the guy said, well, what do you do then? And he said, no, we don't do anything. I, I make the monks realize they're already Buddha. If they forget, I hit them with a stick. <laughs> There's nothing to do. There's nothing to practice. But you have to realize you are the Buddha. And it has to be real. It can't be an inauthentic, I'm the Buddha line. It can't be a discourse. It can't be a signifier that you can't back up with the truth. It's only the one who is in silence, who is not a person, who is the person of no rank. And so when we sit, supposedly to meditate, all we're really doing is sitting to realize we're the Buddha. But to be the Buddha means to be surrendered first to the no-person, the no-mind, the God-Self. And in that surrender to incarnate fully the God-Self, so there is no ego left. And then the Christ incarnates as the Buddha. And that's the self, the real self. And if enough of us do that, this will become a real world again, not a false world. But all we have to do is worry about the self within, not other people. If we start judging other people, are they real or not, we lose our own reality. Because when you are the no person, that is the one person with no rank, then all are seen as that. There's no judgment. And therefore there's no inner narrative in which you are in some conflict with another and judging them as being not as real as you. There's no duality. There's only the oneness. And so the sacrifice is the sacrifice of the narratives in which you judge yourself or judge others or judge Buddha or try to make any kind of imaginary world. But you break through that. You hit your own mind with a stick until it breaks apart and the Buddha mind emerges. That's the meaning of the piñata, you know, in Mexico. They break apart 
this thing that's filled with treasures then inside. Well, the ego mind is filled with the treasure of the real self, but we don't get the treasure until we break apart the ego mind. But do it with love. Lynchy used to hit people very hard, but always with love. <laughs> Lynchy's teacher was Wang Po. Wang Po was even worse. When Lynchy was still a monk and seeking enlightenment, he went to Wang Po. After three years, he was too shy, and he, and, and he wouldn't go to see him. You know, Wang Po was sitting there waiting for somebody to want to do a session with him, and no, he didn't come. He said, I don't know what to ask him. I don't know, so I'm not going to go. Finally, the head monk says, just ask him what the Buddha Dharma is. Just go in and ask him. So uh, he goes in and he asks uh, Wang Po, what's the Buddha Dharma? And Wang Po hits him with his <laughs> And he thinks, what did I do wrong? I was just following orders. Uh, maybe I'll try again. What is the Buddha Dharma? Well, wham, he hits him again. He ends up hitting him three times. Wang, oh, and, and Lin Chi says, I, I don't know what I did wrong. must be my fault. And he... He, he goes, and finally the head monk stops him when he's about to leave the monastery. He's packed his bags. He's on the way out. And um, the guy says, go, go one more time to Wang Po. And, uh, and he goes back in there, you know, ready to get the stick again. And uh, he says, I'm going to leave because I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why you hit me. You know, what, why do you hate me, Wang Po? You know, that kind of thing. Feeling sorry for himself. And so... Uh, Wang Po says, well, okay, you can leave, go. I, you shouldn't be here anyway. You're not ready to be a monk. Uh, but go to this teacher, Dayu, who's down the road, or a few miles away, who was one of his former students who had achieved awakening. So he goes there, and uh, he starts crying to Dayu and tells him his whole story. And why does Wang Po hate me? What did I do wrong? All that. And uh, Dayu starts laughing very hard, and he hits him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you idiot. <laughs> Wang Po was giving you such grandmotherly attention, such love. Three times you, he, he gave you this wonderful caress. And uh, you, you wouldn't get enlightened? How many times do you need to be hit? Go back there and, uh, and realize you're the Buddha. That's why he hit you. You wouldn't realize it. Suddenly he's awakened. And, uh, and Dayu says, now, what are you waiting for? Go back. He tries to hit him one more time, and this time he doesn't let him hit him, and he hits Dayu back three times in the gut, really hard. He says, all right, I'm going back. Thanks. <laughs> now he's not afraid of anything. And, uh, and he goes back, and, uh, and, and he goes to Wang Po this time, and uh, Wang Po says, ah, you're back. Bam, he hits him one more time. And, I, and Lin Chi says, yeah, I'm back. And he slaps Wang Po. Wang Po says, okay, now you can go sit. You're free. And that was his enlightenment experience. <laughs> that was the end of the Zen tradition, too, pretty much. No, he, he actually founded the, uh, what's called the Rinzai sect because they can't pronounce Lin Chi, you know, in Japanese, so he turned it to Rinzai, but... Uh, that's the, uh, the sect that forces you to try to answer impossible riddles. And, uh, and if you don't answer the riddle, you get hit with a stick. Uh, but unfortunately, you see, 
Lynch's whole idea was be spontaneous. And this was, this was the whole point of Zen. Don't read these scriptures that were written a thousand years ago. Don't follow uh, blindly the rules. Realize your freedom now. Live spontaneously. But don't live in the ego. Live spontaneously as the self. And don't be afraid of anything. Not even the Zen master hitting you with a stick. Don't be afraid of anything. Be free. But then, of course, the tradition came, and now it's very hidebound. You learn these particular uh, koans, and uh, there are particular formulaic answers. And so Zen has already lost, for a long time now, that spontaneity. They need another linchi. Dogen was that, and there were a few others along the way who re revived it. And even recently in the Kyoto school, there were some great Zen masters like Keiji Nishitani and Masao Abe. But for the most part, the Zen tradition has unfortunately uh, fallen from that, uh, that great freedom to be. So let's revive the state of freedom. And I want you to hit yourselves, <laughs> but with a laughing stick, with a stick of joy, to make yourself realize that this whole seriousness of the world that you think you're living in is just maya, and let it go. And realize you are bliss. Let's not meditate. <laughs>